faith, the best I could come up with, the best I could say was, well, I have my belief and you have yours. That was it. In other words, like the older kid, come on, let's get out of here. God's missing and they think I did it. Something happened to me in 1973. That was the year I was born. I'm just kidding. That's the year I was born again. I was saved in 1973. A fundamental difference occurred in my relationship with God in 1973. It was at that point that I decided to move from the theoretical about God to the personal. I didn't want to deal with Christ forensically. I wanted to deal with him one-on-one. I wanted to see if he would really change my life, and he did, and he does. A few months after that conversion experience, though, I was in a college class, integrated zoology. First question out of the teacher's mouth, who here is a Christian? So I went, thinking, what, is he a Christian too? (laughs) Then I became the... um, the target for the rest of that class session. About a year later, I was in another college class, physical anatomy. And the teacher talked about how that Christians who believe in creation are dunces, and of course we know that evolution is the way to go, and look at the hairs on your arm, how they all point downward because our ancestors hung on trees and the sweat trickled down, and that's the... She went on and on about this. And I was confronted with ideologies and philosophies I had never heard before. The philosophies of Immanuel Kant and Soren Kierkegaard and David Hume, Thomas Paine, etc. And I had very interesting and animated conversations with people. Some were honest questions, others were very antagonistic. And I got a quick education in American culture. We live in a pluralistic society. In other words, a society with several different viewpoints or worldviews. There aren't just one, there are several of them. All of the worldviews, however, none of them is as exclusive as the Christian worldview. The Christian worldview seems so arrogant to the non-believer. As we say, I know the reason for which I was born. I know where I'm going. And Jesus Christ is the way to heaven. It's a very narrow road, a very exclusive ideology. And that bothers a lot of folks. In fact, we must seem to the unbelievers, we must seem a lot like that guy in the 1980s named Alan Michael who ran for president. You probably didn't hear about him because his whole campaign was derailed, and I'll tell you why. At first, it sounded great. He was from Stockton, California. I know the answers, he said, to inflation. I know the answers to unemployment. I know the answer and how to fix war, and he went on and on. But then he said he got all the answers when he was beamed aboard a spaceship in 1947. (laughs) Suddenly, nobody took him seriously. Okay, think for a moment what it sounds like to the non-believer who hears us say, well, you know, God spoke to me, or God laid it on my heart. It's like, what? You think you hear from God? You think God is talking to you? Now, although we live in a pluralistic culture, many different viewpoints, there are two streams of thought. They, They are divergent, but they are two streams of thought that are growing. It is an age of spiritual doubt on one hand. 
But it's also an age of spirituality, on another hand, and both are growing. And I want to cover those this morning. What I'd like to do is sort of paint the background before we get into this series so that we know where we're at, where we're going, what's going on around us. Now, some of these isms that you see listed in your outline, uh, they are uh, designations of beliefs. Some of them overlap. There are many more delineations than these, but we don't have time. So I, I have painted with a broom on purpose, just to give us the idea. Our age is an age of doubt spiritually. Our age reminds me of Matthew 28 after the resurrection. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. That's our age. It's an age of doubt. You know this to be true. Every generation...